3: racing is the ultimate digital home track for race fans everywhere subscribe today and stream over 1300 racing events live and on demand flow racing has something for everyone like nascar weekly series sprint car racing drag racing off-road racing and much much more learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go mrn
2: that's flowracing.com forward slash go mrn The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Looking for his first career win tonight. White flag, one lap to go for Ty Majeski.
4: He doesn't have to force the issue. He's not getting the pressure from the backside. Ty Majeski looking for his first win, looking to punch his ticket to Phoenix. It's Ty Majeski off turn three. In his
5: 40th career start, no time better than now to get his first career win. Ty Majeski wins the UNOH 200 at the Bristol Motor Speedway. He will race for a championship in Phoenix in November. What a win! What a drive! He leads 45 laps and punches his ticket to the championship four. Yeah, we're gonna enjoy this one. This is the truck we're taking back over there. So we're gonna polish it up, fluff on it for the uh, next month or so, and um, try and bring a winner to Phoenix.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, Here is your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we have just concluded the round of 16 for the NASCAR Cup Series, and we get ready to begin the round of 12 for them this weekend at Texas, while at the same time, the NASCAR Xfinity Series is ready to start their playoffs. Their round of 12 kicks off this weekend at Texas as well. We will spotlight the NASCAR Xfinity Series as it closed out its regular season at Bristol. Regular season champion A.J. Allmendinger will join us on the show today. We're going to give an overview of the Xfinity Series playoffs as the start comes up this weekend. Bristol was a cutoff race for the NASCAR Cup Series. Some of our MRN peers are going to stop by and discuss the surprises, preview the round of 12, and a whole lot more with the NASCAR Live Fast Forum. Plus, we'll preview the race weekend before us at Texas. Well, let's start with Kyle Rickey. He's here with a check of the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle? Mike, with Chris
3: Busher's win last Saturday at the Bristol Motor Speedway, team co-owner Brad Keselowski became a winning car owner at the sport's highest level in his first year with Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. Keselowski says it's a small step in the right direction toward his vision of doubling the team's cars that compete each week. We we want to get back to being a, a... at least a four-car team. Uh, that, that's been
5: our goal all along. Before you can get to a four-car team, you got to get to a three-car team. Before you can get to a three-car
3: team, you have to be relevant as a two-car team. At one time, the team had five cars on the racetrack each race, when Jack Roush was the sole owner. Fourteen NASCAR Cup Series teams are participating in an organizational test this week at the Homestead Miami Speedway in South Florida in preparation of the Dixie Vodka 400 on Sunday, October 23rd. The race is the second in the round of eight. And Joe Gibbs Racing will swap the pit crews for drivers Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin beginning this week at the Texas Motor Speedway. Busch was eliminated from championship contention last week at Bristol, while Denny Hamlin remains alive to capture his first career Cup Series championship. Hamlin goes into this Sunday's Echo Park Automotive 500 at the Texas Motor Speedway, sixth in the reseeded playoff standings to begin the round of 12.
1: Mike, thank you Kyle coming up AJ Allmendinger will chat with Kim Kuhn about being the NASCAR Xfinity Series regular season champion and later we'll dive into the Xfinity Series playoffs as they go green this Sunday in deep in the heart of Texas
6: Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move you want to keep things moving
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. A.J. Allmendinger and Colleague Racing have had a great 2022 so far. A.J. has scored three wins, and he won the regular season championship at Bristol over the weekend. Our Kim Kuhn sat down with him at Media Day ahead of a possible championship run for him.
7: Regular season champion A.J. Allmendinger. Hey. You were also last year's regular season champ, ultimately finished fourth in the standings. What did you learn last year? From the experience of the playoff run and maybe what you need to do differently this year.
8: That if we get to Phoenix, we should be a lot better than we were <laughs> last year, we hope. Um, you know, every every year's a, a bit different. Last year, you know, myself and, and Austin Sindrick, we had a, a pretty good points gap. It's kind of like the way Noah and, and Ty are this year, you know, to where I felt like we didn't – it was just don't mess up. Like, if you don't mess up, you're probably going to make it to, uh, to Phoenix. You know, this year – is a little bit different even though we've won the regular season championship we don't have a ton of playoff points compared to last year I think we're fourth in line you know those two are kind of out there and then you know myself and Justin and and I think the eight car you know we're all kind of stacked in there Josh Berry's you know we're we're stacked in there, tight on points so we got to probably be you know the first round I feel like we can just if we don't make any mistakes and we just do what we've been doing we'll be fine but the second round if we get there we have to be a lot better and we got to run inside the top five and and run up front so you know I think that's something where you know at times we've struggled with a little bit so you know knowing the second round we have to be on our A game and and make sure we maximize every race and and every stage because those points are really going to be critical.
7: Some of the same contenders in this year's playoffs as last, but some different ones. How do you feel like the field, the playoff field, stacks up compared to when you went on a championship run last year?
8: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, JRM as a whole is better. For sure, you know, Justin now is always going to be there, and, and we've seen what Noah's been doing over the last, especially the last several weeks between Josh Berry and, you know, Josh wasn't even part of the playoffs last year, and then Sam Mayer. You know, that group as a, as a whole has gotten a lot better. You know, the 54 car we had to race against, but we didn't have to race against. Like, it was there, and it won a lot, <laughs> but we weren't racing it in points. Um, and now with Ty doing such a fantastic job, you know, he's been super quick. I, I think it's probably a little harder this year than it was last year, to get, at least to get to the Final Four. Once you get there, you know, you're racing against three of the best out there. So, you know, and, and you look at, at my teammate Daniel. I mean, he, he hasn't had the best regular season, a lot of bad luck. But we can see he can turn it on at any point. Um, and then, you know, you got some dark horses. Ryan Sieg, especially the mile-and-a-half racetracks I get to and, and Jeremy being a part of it. You know, you even look at, at Brandon. You know, he can get hot at any of these racetracks. So I, I do think it's probably a little bit more difficult this year than it was last year just to get to the Final Four. So that's why we got to be better than we were last year.
7: Colleague, despite you getting to victory lane three times in the regular season, has had its battles for whatever reason. Have you pinpointed what you guys need to de- do differently now that the playoffs started? Or is it just being better in general?
8: No, I mean, I th- it's it's been a lot of effort for sure. I wish sitting here we could say, yeah, like, yeah, okay, we figured out what it was and, and now we're going to turn it on all of a sudden in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I don't think that's where we're at. I do think we've tried a lot of stuff and we just go with the mindset of like, okay, we know what our, our bread and butter is. Maybe it's still not the fastest As fast as we want to be But we know that this is the best for us right now So, you know, winning those races Allowed us to be able to start trying stuff And and seeing where we were So I think, I wouldn't say we pinpointed The exact problem of why we don't have as much Speed as some of the cars we're racing against But we at least narrowed the box down Of like, okay, this is what we're going to do At these racetracks And hopefully, you know, we can figure it out As it goes on and and we're better But um, we know there's kind of An uphill climb in front of us
7: on the spectrum of underdogs to favorites for the championship, where do you fall?
8: Uh, I, I think we probably fall right in the middle. Okay. You know, I I don't I don't think we're an underdog necessarily. I mean, it's hard to say you're an underdog when you win the regular season two years in a row. You know, I, I think there's probably for sure two standouts. I I, I would throw Alguer in there just because he doesn't have the as many wins, but he, He's up there, so I think there's three standouts. And then, you know, I think there's a group of us trying to to be that fourth. You know, Justin's close enough in points. Obviously, something happens, he easily could miss it. But I think if you pick just raw speed, there's three cars that you'd pick, and then there's a group of us trying to race for the fourth.
1: Thank you, Kim. Coming up, we'll go a little deeper into the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs before they begin, and later, we're discussing the round of 12 for the NASCAR Cup Series.
2: This is NASCAR
1: Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's crunch time for the NASCAR Xfinity Series as they kick off the playoffs this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Here with a closer look at the tracks and the layout is our Tim Cattalfamo.
5: While the Cup and Truck Series playoffs have already had their fair share of twists and turns in 2022, the Xfinity Series playoffs have yet to get started. The wait is over, however, this week as the series begins their seven-week race to the championship. Many have viewed the 2022 season as the most competitive in Cup Series history. With the depth of the 12-driver field in these Xfinity Series playoffs, we could be in for another battle that matches or exceeds the Cup Series level of parity. Without further ado, let's take a look at the 2022 playoff field and the schedule.
9: All of them bouncing off the wall. Who's going to get their car back to the line? Checkered flag is out, and Noah Gregson wins at Darlington Raceway. Here he comes off turn four. He's been the class in the field. Make it official. He is best of show. Justin Allgaier sees the checkered flag, and Justin Allgaier wins the Tennessee Lottery 250. Checkered flag is in the air, and Josh Berry wins the A-game 200 at the Monster Mile at Dover Motor Speedway.
5: This year's dominant organization has has been Junior Motorsports. All four drivers have made the playoffs, with Noah Gregson entering as the top seed. The Las Vegas native has been on a roll as of late, having won three straight races and already has a career-high six wins in 2022. His teammate Justin Allgaier is still looking for his first elusive championship. Little Gator has three wins this season and enters the playoffs as the third seed. The other two junior motorsports drivers, Josh Berry and Sam Mayer, are both in their first full-time campaign for the team and enter the playoffs for the first time in their careers. Both have shown speed at times this season, which could earn them a championship for birth in November.
10: Dominating the final stage and now going to victory lane, off four, headed to the stripe. Checkered flag is in the air, and Ty Gibbs has won at the Michigan International Speedway.
9: As they come off turn four, Ty Gibbs gets roughed up. Checkered flag is out. Brandon Jones wins. The call 811 before you dig 250.
5: The biggest threat to junior motorsports this season has been Joe Gibbs Racing. Ty Gibbs sits second on the playoff grid and is second to only Noah Gregson in wins this season with five. While Gibbs has shown the talent and speed to win every week, this will be the youngster's first taste of the pressure cooker, which is the playoff format. Ty Gibbs' teammate Brandon Jones also made the 12-driver field once again and is a veteran of the playoffs. While the 19 team only has one win so far this season, which came back at Martinsville, Winning there again could secure them a spot in the championship four at Phoenix where Brandon Jones is also a past winner. In a remarkable comeback by Colleague Racing and A.J. Allmendinger, mechanical gremlins yesterday, all kinds of accidents today, A.J.
2: Allmendinger gets it done and finds a way to win at Portland International Raceway.
5: The perfect illustration for the depth of this playoff field is A.J. Allmendinger, who enters the playoffs as the number four seed, despite winning the regular season championship comfortably. Allmendinger has three wins so far in 2020, 22, but all have occurred on road courses. And while his colleague racing teammate and defending series champion, Daniel Hemrick, is also running for the championship, the team as a whole has not shown the overall strength they've had in past years. Only time will tell if Almendinger can advance to the championship four for the second straight year and score the first championship for the organization.
10: And we are hearing now NASCAR has made it official.
9: Austin Hill has won at Daytona. He was out front of A.J. Allmendinger when the caution flag came out.
5: The rest of the playoff field is made up of rising stars and two veteran racers driving for family-run teams. Austin Hills in his rookie season in the Xfinity Series, but he has known he would be driving for a championship since he won the season opener at Daytona in February. He'll back that up with another Super Speedway-style win at the Atlanta Motor Speedway to add some playoff points to his total. Riley Herbst has also made the playoffs yet again, but will likely have to prove he can put his race car in victory lane if he wants to be considered a true championship contender. The underdogs of the playoffs this season are veteran drivers Jeremy Clements and Ryan Sieg. Clements earned his playoff berth with a win just a few weeks ago at Daytona, while seeing outpointed colleg Racing's Landon Castle and Richard Childress Racing's Sheldon Creed for the final playoff spot. While it would be a lot to ask of either of these drivers to make a deep run, the first round of these playoffs sets up well for underdogs. The round of 12 begins this Saturday at the Texas Motor Speedway before heading to the wild card in everybody's playoffs, Talladega Super Speedway, on October 1st. The field of 12 will then be trimmed to eight drivers after racing at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval on October 8th. The round of eight will then begin out west at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway on October 15th. After that, it's off to Homestead, Miami Speedway that hosts the middle race the following weekend before Martinsville Speedway cements the championship four with the penultimate race of the 2022 season. All of this leads to the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship at Phoenix Raceway on Saturday, November 5th. You can hear the drama of the championship and find out who will be the 2022 Xfinity Series champion right here on the Motor Racing Network.
1: Thank you, Tim. Coming up, it's time to discuss the round of 12 for the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs.
2: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: We welcome you back to NASCAR Live as we continue counting down into this weekend's racing activities at Texas Motor Speedway. We are done with the round of 16 for the NASCAR Cup Series. Let's, uh, let's have a little NASCAR Live Fast Forum here. Joining me, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, Dave Moody. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are we today?
4: Fantastic, my friend.
1: Glad to have you all. Let's start first with Jeff. Jeff are you surprised that we've had three non-playoff drivers start this round of the playoffs as winners?
10: Uh, Absolutely Mike and good evening to you. Uh, This hasn't happened before so to see what we have experienced over the course of the last three races is remarkable. I don't think we're done yet when you look at drivers like Blaney and Truex I think they come to the top of drivers that have yet to win already this season. I think this uh this win uh, continues for one of these drivers as we move forward.
9: Alex, what about you? Uh, Surprised, yes, because it's unprecedented, but not surprised, no, because look what we've accomplished already this year with so many different winners. So I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, it's it's a bit eyebrow-raising, but on the same token, this has been one of those types of years to me that, since I've been a part of this sport, I haven't seen anything like this with 19 different winners. I think it's interesting that you look at 19 different winners and where we're at, and I'd have lost my entire year's worth of salary if I'd have said that uh, Martin Truex Jr. And Ryan Blaney were two of those drivers that hadn't been part of the 19 that's gotten a win. So to me, it's just been a tremendous year. So I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised all at the same time.
1: Dave you and I chat with a lot of race fans and we uh, we do daily talk shows and this has been one of the topics of conversation the we in, in a year that lacks consistency as far as someone getting on a string and rolling through wins to start the playoffs like this has sent everybody into a tailspin just about
4: It really has. It's been phenomenal, Mike. And, and, you know, I gave up being surprised for Lent and I'm not even Catholic. That's how tumultuous this season has been. I'm not sure that anything could happen the rest of the way that would surprise me. Truex winning is not a surprise. Blaney winning is not a surprise. Michael McDowell could go to victory lane, not a surprise whatsoever. This new car and, and some tweaking to the schedule has just made this season as wide open as anyone I can remember.
1: So now we put the round of 16 behind us. Dave, I'll start with you here. We begin the round of 12 at Texas. The usual cast of characters, and i using air quotes here, with Elliot Logano, Chastain, Larson, Byron, Hamlin, Bell, and Blaney, they're all in safe territory for now. The four that are on the outside looking in, Briscoe, Bowman, Suarez, and Sindrick. Who surprises you that they're still racing forward into the playoffs from the drivers that I just mentioned right there?
4: Well, certainly, I, I think that the trackhouse racing duo, both Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. I don't think anybody had on their radar to go to the round of 12 this far. Uh, they've just been a tremendous story. You know, Chase Briscoe's still hanging in there. He picked up that win early. And then quite honestly, after that, it's, it's not been a great late summer for him. But if you're still on your feet at this point and, you know, there's nobody that's more than seven points below the cut line right now, and I'll say it again, nothing will surprise me. Anybody that's still alive in this thing could easily advance onto the round of, uh, of eight. And I'll tell you what, don't make any mistakes in the next three races because there's not a lot of wiggle room.
1: Alex, what about the drivers that are racing forward? Have you been able to latch onto one? Because I know that, you know, a driver will win, will win a race and then we'll kind of vanish for a little bit, come back. And it's been inconsistent as far as putting together strings of performances. Is there somebody maybe in the top eight, maybe in the 12 that begin in Texas this weekend that you're starting to latch on to and be like, mm, this one may have some staying power going forward?
9: There's a couple of them. And I think one of them would be Joey Logano. Joey just seems to turn it up. And that race team just seemed to turn it up uh, when it's time to put your chips on the table. So I think Logano is one of those that I would put in that mix. And after a great start to the year, getting not only his first career win but his second career win this year ross chastain went on a downward spiral that was just bad and then when i look back at what happened at kansas speedway uh todd gordon was with us in the broadcast booth for that and he and i were talking back and forth about that and i thought that was going to be the race if ross chastain was going to be a legitimate title contender he had to get out of kansas with a good race He did that. He backed it up. I think Ross Chastain's starting to trend back in the right direction. And he's got just enough, I don't care if if I hurt anybody else's feelings, attitude about him. And quite frankly, with the way you have to race these cars, I think that's going to be part of what it takes. And out of those two, when you think of Logano and Chastain, don't they both kind of have that mentality where they just don't care if they hurt somebody else's feelings? So those are the two I got penciled in right now. That's
1: a good point. Jeff, what about you? Who's floating your boat here heading into Texas?
9: Well, I can't disagree
10: with what Alex said, and I I really have to uh, migrate towards Joey Logano. I think just from the standpoint I've been here, done this before, gives him the edge up over maybe a Ross Chastain, but I certainly do like the Ross Chastain approach. You know, when you take a look at it, what I find interesting, Mike, is only 34 points separate one through 12, and you only have three remaining champions in the field with Chase Elliott, Logano, and Kyle Larson. So I, I, I tend to have to migrate a little bit away from what Alex said and go with those drivers that have been there before. Chase Elliott is good. I expect him to be good the remaining way. I expect Joey Logano to be good the rest of the way out, and certainly you can't out, or can't count out Kyle Larson. But obviously, like Dave and Alex pointed out, uh, there, are some, there are some players in there that are going to surprise us.
1: We are heading into the round of 12. We begin at Texas this weekend. Then we roll into Talladega. Then we roll into the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Jeff, which of those three do you feel could be a thorn in the sides of some of these playoff drivers?
10: Well, I think the Roval. Um, wh- where do you start? And I know Dave and Alex are probably chomping at the bit here to jump in. Where do you start? The Roval is going to be a wild card um obviously Alex Talladega is going to be a wild card we could see yet another first time winner um I think Texas is straightforward Alex I'm not sure what you think but you take a look at Joe Gibbs and Hendrick Motorsports they're going to be dominant cars there after that isn't it a it's just a toss-up at that point isn't it
9: Yeah, I agree. I think Talladega and the role are are quite intriguing for sure. What makes Texas in this opening race very interesting to me is this is going to be all about track position, which crew chief or which crew is going to maintain track position and which one's going to give it up. I, I think that's going to be something to pay close attention to with with the race at Texas Motor Speedway. Because mile and a half racing has been really good this year with this race car that we have. But Texas is a different beast with the different banking in turns one and two than what they got down in turns three and four. This to me is going to be a, an interesting race on who can maintain track position. That's going to be key. Well,
1: Texas, Talladega, and the Roval, Dave, uh, that's a target rich environment for the consumption of ant acids. Would you not agree?
4: Oh yeah, the, the crew chiefs will be they'll be taking Tums. They won't even be unwrapping them. They'll just eat them paper and all, especially going into Talladega, which obviously, you know, if you're if you're looking for conflict and tumult, Talladega is the world capital of that. But I'll say this too. After watching the round of 16 and to a certain degree watching the regular season, I think the key to this championship, no matter where we're racing, is Is mistakes not tripping over your own shoelaces? And there's not a single team in the in these playoffs that hasn't been their own worst enemy a handful of times here in the late second half of the season. If you can pitch perfect games for the next few races and just not kill yourself, you got a better than average chance of moving on, in my opinion.
1: It's going to be an interesting swing: Texas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval. Of course, Motor Racing Network will have the call of the Yellowwood 500 from Talladega. That's coming up Sunday, October the 2nd. We'll continue our NASCAR Live Fast Forum. We'll tap into some silly season news and some schedule changes as we continue here on NASCAR Live. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live Fast Forum. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, Dave Moody here as we continue through on this Tuesday evening. Let's shift some gears here, get into some silly season news. And Dave, I would say that the, finally, the Kyle Busch lottery winner being announced, and that winner is Richard Childress Racing in 2023. Does that surprise you?
4: Well, yes, it it surprises me. I I thought really to the bitter end that somehow, some way, Toyota and, and Joe Gibbs would find a way to keep Kyle in camp. And, and I think all three parties, Toyota, JGR and Kyle, probably would have preferred to keep going with their relationship that's been so good and so profitable for all parties. But it's a strange world out there these days. And it's you know, so dependent on sponsorship, and it's not easy to find twenty or twenty-five or thirty million dollars a season anymore. And uh, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised when a a big name player. That the analogy I made, Mike, was nobody thought Tom Brady was going to leave the New England Patriots and go play for the Buccaneers either. But here we are, and there he is, and this is kind of the NASCAR equivalent to that, in my view. Jeff,
1: I would say that the people at Toyota. Are now in a quandary because instead of Kyle Bush racing with them, now he's going to be racing against them in 2023, which is something I don't want any. I don't think anybody wanted.
10: Well, I, yeah, I don't think uh, Ford doesn't like the fact that he's not racing a Ford and Toyota doesn't like the fact that he's racing or not racing a Toyota, no doubt about it. Um, you know, when you take a look at what Kyle meant to Toyota, Mike Bagley, he meant a lot with all the race wins, with all the championships, the driver development program that he had in place. He is going to be sorely missed amongst the teams and the people at Toyota.
1: Well, we got the answer that he's going there, but Alex, we're still waiting for some dominoes to fall. What happens with Tyler Reddick? What happens to Ty Gibbs? Does he get the call to the 18? How does that affect the Xfinity series side? That one domino fell and we're waiting for the others to fall because quite frankly, all the others have been contingent on what he
9: does or doesn't do. Well, and now I think the next one would be Kurt Bush. What is going to be the scenario with Kurt, Kurt Bush moving forward? Will he be able to get back behind the wheel of the race car? Is he not going to get back behind the wheel of the race car? So I think that's going to be one of those that that's going to be Heavily watched right now. Obviously, everybody wants Kurt back and, and want him healthy and 100 percent and being Kurt Bush behind the wheel of a race car that we are so used to seeing. That's going to be the next one, I think, that uh we need to find an answer to.
1: Well, uh, some more news that have come out recently involves the schedule where we're going to be racing in 2023. We've gotten brand new schedules for the Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series. There have been changes to each of them. Dave, we knew we were going to race on the Chicago Street course but I think the all-star race going to North Wilkesboro is one that uh, made a lot of people perk up and made a lot of people happy all at the same time.
4: I think we're the four of us are probably in both of those categories perked up and happy for sure about that. And I'll tell you the truth as excited as I am about seeing the NASCAR all-star race at North Wilkesboro Speedway next year. I think I'm equally jazzed, maybe even a tiny little bit more, to see the Craftsman Truck Series back there. That, to me, is a match made in heaven. Wilkesboro and the Truck Series just somehow go together, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I know a lot of people are, too. And it's kind of cool, isn't it, to hear from the fan base saying, I want to go, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get tickets. I don't know if they have more fannies than seats at this point. That's a nice problem to have.
1: Well, and speaking of Craftsman, coming back to the Truck Series, Alex, for a lot of us that have been around the sport And since the truck series came online in 1995, that was like going home when when the
9: premier sponsor of that series has come back to join us now. You know, there was a time when when craftsmen decided to step away for their hiatus that they've been on. If we said the NASCAR craftsman truck series on the air, we used to have to put a dollar in the bucket. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do we get our money back? That's the question right now. They're back. Do we get our money back? Um, Because I I contributed an awful lot to that fund. No, it's great to have Craftsman back. It really is. And and there's a tremendous buzz, I think, around this entire series because of the competition that we see. And now with what we touched on a moment ago with uh, with Kyle Busch Motorsports, what's the the answer going to be now? How much different is this series going to be? what is Kyle Busch Motorsports going to look like? And then on the other end of that, what is Toyota going to do? Are they going to have a flagship marquee team since Kyle Busch Motorsports is no longer a Toyota team? Well, let's
1: bring in our upper Midwest resident, Jeff Striegel from the great state of Michigan. That corridor, we speak of the Midwest business has picked up because we get the Chicago street race. We're going back to road America for the Xfinity series And we're going back to the Milwaukee mile with the trucks. I'm sure there's a lot of happy Midwest race fans with the prospects of this schedule coming up.
10: Well, certainly those that live in the Badger state for sure, because obviously they, I I think there was the big fear that NASCAR would not be at road America in 2023. Well, NASCAR will be there with the NASCAR Xfinity series. Obviously we all remember, we all enjoyed going to the Milwaukee mile. They returned there the fans will certainly turn out and support that event. And obviously, Lucas Oil, uh, going back there, everybody that is listening to us, all of us, we all agree, there are some great venues that we'll be returning to. And you guys just touched on North Wilkesboro. So a lot of excitement around the 2023 schedule, no matter what series we're talking about. Let's
1: put the white flag out. We'll do one more lap around the table together. Final lap of the NASCAR Live Fast Forum. Dave, we'll begin with you. Anything that sticks out, schedule wise, performance wise, as we head in to the final seven races of this season.
4: You know, I'm just I'm looking forward to what's left of this year, Mike. Because, and you touched on it a little earlier. Usually, by this point of the season, we've got two or three guys that are the head and shoulders favorites to win this championship. If I had to narrow it down to eight right now, I would not bet the mortgage on it. You know, remember a couple of years ago, Joey Logano. Uh, quipped that it was the big three and me we don't have a big three we don't have a big two i'm not even sure we have a big one at this point it's more like a a, a fairly large eight how about that we don't even have a me <laughs> alex your
9: thoughts you know i think what stands out in the nascar cup series and these remaining 12 that we have what is it it's four three and two so nine of the twelve are complete race teams. Four Hendrick Motorsports cars are still in it. Three Team Penske Fords are still in it. And two Trackhouse Racing Chevrolets are in it. So nine of the 12 are complete race teams. We're not even talking about Joe Gibbs Racing. Two of their drivers aren't in it anymore. And obviously one in Martin Trex Jr. didn't even make it. So I think that to me is something that is worth noting that nine of the remaining 12 are complete race teams. Jeff, take us to the checkered flag. What do you
1: have for us?
10: Well, Dave brought it up earlier, and that is, I think, uh, mistakes are being mistake-free. Who can be mistake-free over the final seven races? 12 drivers, three former champions, nine drivers in a position to win a championship for the very first time. I would say prepare for the unexpected, because I have a feeling over this run to the championship, we're going to see it.
1: Amen to that. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Enjoy your off weekend, and we'll catch up with you at Talladega. Thanks, guys. See you, Mike. That is Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, Dave Moody, NASCAR Live Fast Forum. Coming up, we're going to preview the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500 with Kyle Rickey next.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. We have talked a lot about the playoffs and how they're shaking out. The Cup Series and the Xfinity Series round of 12 coming up this weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Quite a race weekend we have coming up. Kyle Ricky is back with a preview of this weekend's activities in Texas.
3: We're down to 12. After the most unpredictable round of 16 in the history of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, one where three non-playoff drivers won all the races... We now start a three-race stretch that many drivers consider to be the toughest round in the playoffs. That round starts this weekend at the Texas Motor Speedway. The driver who was surprisingly the best in the playoffs in the opening round, Christopher Bell, says longer runs at Texas will be good for him.
11: He's expecting his
3: playoff success to continue
11: there. Yeah, so longer runs is good for me, that's for sure. So, you know, Texas... I think is one of my best racetracks statistically, so uh, that's really good. I hate to tell you that I feel good about every racetrack, but I really do. I'd be lying to you if I said I was nervous about them. So, um, Darlington, Kansas, Bristol, Texas, all four of those racetracks are ones that I expect a 20 car to run extremely well at and, uh, and contend for the win, not, not just be another guy. Another
3: driver who surprised in round one of the playoffs was Alex Bowman. Many thought the 48 team would make an early exit after struggling during the summer months, but solid runs at Darlington and Kansas gave Bowman enough of a buffer to advance, even after struggling at Bristol. Bowman isn't sure if he expects this race at Texas to be much different than the All-Star race, but he does hope that his team has a better run.
11: You know, Texas is Texas. It's a, it's a tough place, just that that reconfiguration hasn't really lended itself to, to great racing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's better. I hope we're better. You know, we struggled a bit at the All-Star race. We weren't where we, we needed to be. So, um, you know, excited to get back there. I uh, I enjoy the area a lot and uh, make the most of the racetrack. So uh, hopefully we, we have a good weekend.
3: One driver who wasn't a surprise in round one is Joey Logano. 2018 series champion was pegged as one of the favorites coming in and he showed why with his team having speed in all three races. When it comes to Texas, Logano says that experience from the all-star race is better than nothing. But since so much has changed since then, there are still quite a few unknowns heading into this weekend.
12: I mean it'd be better than not at all but I mean it's, it's going to be the same for, for everyone right everyone had the opportunity to go to Texas also things have changed since we've been there once again right as the cars have developed and changed all those things it's, it's going to be different than where we were last time um, weather will be different uh, resin how it's applied those type of things will will be different I've uh, been indie car racer since we've been there so you know th- there's, there's a lot of change that, that can happen um, but this next round's a pretty tough one right When you when you think of Uh, Texas being maybe the most normal race, and then you have the Roval and Talladega on top of that. I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a unique round for sure.
3: One thing that drivers do know heading into Texas this weekend is that turns 1 and 2 present a completely different challenge than
11: turns 3
3: and 4 do. Christopher
11: Bell explains those differences. 3 and 4 just lots of throttle time, tons of banking, lots of grip with the repave, and even 1 and 2 has lots of grip, but you don't have the banking to hold you. So um, 1 and 2 is... I guess a sketchy corner getting into turn one because you're carrying all that speed off of the bank in three and four. Uh, so turn one's pretty sketchy. Uh, getting off of two has always been tricky. So you're always trying to get the car to turn off a of turn two without being too loose into turn one. Um, and then, uh, you know, you're just carrying momentum to three and four. So drastically different corners for sure.
3: To further illustrate the unpredictability of this season and these playoffs, There were four drivers entering the playoffs for the first time, and five former champions in the 16-driver field. After the first three races, all four of those first-timers advanced, while two of the former champions have been eliminated. Ross Chastain is one of those first-timers, and while he did survive and advance, he admits he is feeling the pressure of the playoffs.
12: I feel like once we got into the rhythm of Darlington in Kansas, we, we handled it. We, we did everything we needed to do. And, uh, yeah, you can look back and see things. that could be done better, but uh, we're all experiencing this for the first time. Myself, my crew chief, Phil Surgeon, my spotter, Brandon McReynolds, Like none of us have, even just us three, have never been in these this position in our current roles. So I expected the week leading up to it, the days leading up to the race, to be harder to get through. And um, they were actually more normal than i anticipated and then i kind of calibrated to that and then race day was like a flood of emotions so i mean at the end of the day i'm right where i've always wanted to be realizing that is it all kind of hit me on each race day so it's um it's really cool and i'm trying to experience all this as much as i can but it's also scary at the same time
3: we go from 20 lap runs in the all-star race to 500 miles with the auto trader Echo Park Automotive 500 at Texas Motor Speedway on Sunday. Can one of the 12 remaining drivers in the playoffs be the first to secure their spot in the round of eight? Or will a 20th different winner of 2022 be sporting a cowboy hat in Victory
1: Lane? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Susie Armstrong will be here with This Week in NASCAR History.
2: Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. The official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This
1: is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to throw the checker flag on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, we welcome in Susie Armstrong. She's here with another edition of This Week in NASCAR History.
6: Well, thank you, sir. 1981, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers teamed up with Stevie Nicks for the hit single, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. Sandra Day O'Connor sets a benchmark, officially sworn in as the first female U.S. Supreme Court justice. The world says hello to future tennis superstar and Michigan native Serena Williams. And Neil Bonnet drove the Wood Brothers Ford to Victory Lane in the CRC Chemicals 500 at Dover Downs.
2: Here's Neil Bonnet, puts it right down on the apron of the track, gives himself a little breathing room as he runs up on Dave Marcus out of that fourth corner, comes down to the line, and his 35,000-plus fans come to their feet. Checkered flag, and Neil Bonnet will win the CRC Chemicals 500 to post two wins for the Wood Brothers. They won Darlington, South Carolina a couple of weeks ago, the Southern 500, and Bonnet will be rolling into victory lane to talk with Ed Jarrett here in just a moment.
6: 1999, the fan mail rolls in as TLC tops the Billboard Hot 100 with the hit single Unpretty. Martin Sheen and Rob Lowe deal with national issues as the political drama The West Wing debuts on NBC. Bruce Willis helps Haley Joel Osment, who sees dead people, in the supernatural horror film The Sixth Sense. And Joe Nemechek was alive on the Magic Mile, driving to victory in the Duralube Kmart 300 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. 2011, Maroon 5 and Christina Aguilera joined forces for the bravado electro pop hit "Moves Like Jagger." Ashton Kutcher replaced Charlie Sheen on the long-running sitcom Two and a Half Men. Political activists aplenty set up camp in New York City for Occupy Wall Street, and Tony Stewart occupied the top slot just outside the Windy City, winning the Geico 400 at Chicagoland Speedway.
4: headed for home. Jeff
9: Gordon is out of gas. Kyle Busch, David Ruderman have run out of gas. Here comes Tony Stewart. One last gas. through turns three and four.
5: Tony Stewart to the bottom of the racetrack off turn number four. He's not won a race all this year. He waits until the first race of the chase to get victory number one. Doing it today at Chicagoland Speedway in the Geico 400.
6: And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Also, we'd like to thank A.J. Allmendinger,
1: your regular season champion in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, for joining us. On behalf of the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for joining us as well. Can't wait to chat with you again on NASCAR Live Wide Open on Thursday and also NASCAR Live on Tuesday, one week from today, right here on the Motor Racing Network. Until then, have a great week. Enjoy your Texas weekend, and we'll chat soon. So long, everybody.
2: NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
4: Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes.